This is episode eight of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income from my online piano course. I'm also joined by Nate Dodson, as usual, who is hard at work on his own online course. How's it going today, Nate? It's going all right today. It's a little bit of a stressful morning, but feeling better now. Uh-oh. You got some coffee there? Uh, I got some chai. Ooh, chai. I got some coffee on my end. All right. I already had some coffee. I'm a big fan of iced coffee. Oh, yeah. I love it too. Cold brew. Yeah, see, cold brew is too bitter. I just like standard iced coffee. Live in South Louisiana and, you know, our winter is about a week and a half. So, um, so iced coffee is my drink of choice. So, you brew it and then let it chill in the fridge? Actually, so we have this, we've had this espresso machine for like, uh, for like eight years. And so I use that and I do like two, um, long espresso shots and just pour that right over ice. Oh, that's awesome. That's the way I've done it for years and it's fantastic. That's cool. Have you ever had an affogato? I have, I don't even know what the words you just said are. It's like ice cream or gelato with espresso poured over it. So good. Yeah. I call that, I call that espresso on top of ice cream. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. So what's been so stressful? Oh, uh, we just, we are harvesting for our farm, both me and Michelle this morning, harvesting a ton of stuff and, and the kids were not happy. Josie got a splinter in her foot and she was freaking out about it for like two hours. And then I told Michelle that I'm recording the podcast in like an hour. I forgot to tell her and I was like, you guys got to get out of here. She wasn't happy about that. So it was, it was just a little lot going on this morning. Goodness gracious. Communication, huh? Yeah. I fail at that sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. But I nail it on date night every week. So that's what keeps us going strong. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. All right. So what else is going on, Nate? Uh, not a whole lot else. Just getting ready to run my whole list through my funnel for the course to relaunch it to them. You're going to help me with that today, probably when we get off the podcast for a little bit. And then I'm going to start diving into ads a little bit for the next month or so and figure out Google ads for my course. It's a great plan. How, how about that video testimonial? Got the video testimonial, got it, got one of them anyways, and ha have it posted up in a couple different spots. That's great. How'd it turn out? I think it's great. I mean, he recorded it in portrait mode. I said to record it in landscape mode, you know. <laughs> So that's never <laughs> awesome for YouTube videos, but it's a great testimonial. That's good. And you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is is videos that are vertical um, because it's just, I guess people are used to holding their phone that way throughout the day, but it's just such a better quality video when you just turn the phone 90 degrees. And that, that's seriously one of my biggest pet peeves. However, I will say that Having a testimonial vertical isn't all bad because it just adds to the realness of the testimonial. That's what I thought. I mean, that's what I figured. And it is super real. He gives a little tour of his microgreens and he talks about how the course helped him and how it gave him confident selling his product and confident approaching chefs. And it was, it was awesome. It was great. Well, that sounds really good. I'm, I look forward to, uh, to seeing it. Yeah. I'll send you the link after this. Yeah, that that's great. You know, you I've gotten many many video testimonials and the quality ranges greatly on the spectrum. And so I'm always very excited when somebody's 
you know, tells me they're going to send one or, or I see in my inbox that one exists and I, I'm waiting as it downloads and I don't know what to expect. And sometimes I'm just um, really surprised at how great it is. And other times it's like, man, I can't even use this. Like, what, what are they even doing? Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. And what about, uh, what about course sales over the past week? I've just sold one course and one branding package and they were both to the same person actually. He bought the course and then he saw, I have the branding package for sale again once you're into the course in ClickFunnels and he bought it through that after. So, 350 bucks. That was it for the week. So, are we calling that one sale or two? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with two. I mean, last week you said you had six and I think a couple of those were the branding packages. So, it's it's definitely up and down, which is part of the territory. It'd be great if you could get six every week. But that's with all systems currently in place, that seems to be kind of the high end and the low end is is um, is more like one. I think one time you had one sale. Yep. So, some you're right now, you're somewhere between one and six if you left everything alone. But that's not the plan. The plan is to keep getting more and more people into the funnel, keep growing this thing. Yep. I shot two new YouTube videos and edited them both down. They're ready to go. I was going to shoot a kind of... Um, batch them and just shoot a bunch at once and then edit them edit them over a course of you know several weeks but i decided that you know i can i remember editing and like missing something when i went back in the edit and i'm like oh man or just said something totally bonehead and needed to re-record a section so i decided to be better just to record and edit right after so that's what i'm doing i got two done and getting ready to start posting them yeah that's great and I've been lacking on the YouTube videos lately. That's something I need to get into as well. And, you know, we're going to be talking about that on the on the episode today with the continue, continued talk of The One Thing by Gary Keller and, you know, asking yourself, what's the one thing I should be working on right now? Stuff like that. So, we'll get into that. On my side, man, we're, so we're recording this podcast uh, 24 hours later than we normally do, right? And uh, I took a little trip this week. It was a spontaneous trip. Wow. Did you eat some mushrooms or something or? <laughs> no, oh. no, Nate. Um, I'm not a drug dealer like you. Hey, I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> I just want to make that absolutely certain. In high school, you could say that I did sell some mushrooms, but no longer. Uh, let's just breeze right past that. Um, so, I, you know, one thing, one thing I enjoy, uh, kind of a pastime that I enjoy is I'm a big fan of baseball. I love watching baseball. And specifically, I love watching college baseball. And uh, and I have kind of my whole life, you know, I played when I was little and I just really enjoy the sport. I enjoy watching the sport. And down here uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know, the big college here, LSU, uh, Louisiana State University, that's where I went to college and I've kind of followed them, um, you know, their, their sports all my life. I, I was born and raised in this area of the country. And, uh, and historically, they're a very good baseball team. And um, college baseball every year, they're ch- the championship, it's called the College World Series and it's in Omaha, Nebraska, which is like right in the middle of the country. Yeah, I guess it's not too terribly far from where you are, Nate. And so, eight teams go to the College World Series and you kind of play a tournament and then eventually you're down to two teams and they play a best two out of three series. And I've never been to Omaha for this. Um, something I've always wanted to do, kind of like a bucket list thing. Well, LSU made it to the championship series. They won the last game they needed to to get there on Saturday. And uh, and so that night I was like, I actually booked tickets without telling my wife. I was like, <laughs> I sat down on the couch with her. I was like, guess what? We are going to Omaha tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. See, me, you, I'm not the only one that tells my wife information last minute. Well, it wasn't last minute. It was a, it was a surprise because I knew she wanted to go. I knew she wasn't going to not 
She it wasn't last minute. It was a surprise. That's perfect. That's what I <laughs> should have told my wife this morning. I'm not telling you this last minute. I'm surprising you. <laughs> exactly. Lesson learned. Uh, so, but I knew she wanted to go. And so, I knew she wasn't going to be upset about it at all. And so, I just kind of booked everything. And I want to tie this to the whole online course thing a little bit because, um, you know, I went over it a few, few episodes ago. I went over kind of my May with my expenses and my um, revenue. And, and I'll be doing that next week for June. And I spent a lot of money each month on this and I'm collecting a lot of credit card points. And so I was able to book a flight and a hotel room just with points. So I didn't have to pay for any of that. That's awesome. So the only thing I had to pay for was I had to buy tickets to the games and, um, you know, like food. Uh, and that was, that was it. Uh, so that, that was really cool. And that was part of the reason that I went ahead and did it was cause I didn't really have to spend anything. And the other thing is I, it's, it's not like I had to ask anybody permission to take some time off. So I booked everything on Saturday night. We left on Sunday evening. Um, it was me and my wife and my daughter, who's just about to turn two, as well as my mom. My mom came as well. And so we flew up there. There was a game on Monday night. Um, and oh man, on Monday night, we had like outfield tickets. And somehow, some way, we got upgraded to right by a home plate. So it was a really cool experience. Um, and then there was a game on Tuesday night. And the only complaint I have about the trip is that my team lost two games and it was over. Oh yeah. That stinks. That's cool though. You got to do a bucket list item. Yeah, it was cool to do a bucket list item. And I don't have a lot of bucket list items to be honest with you, Nate. I mean, I don't know what's on yours, but like for me, you know, being able to kind of quit my job and work for myself was like the biggest thing on my bucket list. And I was able to do that about a year and a half ago. Um, Living in France was on my bucket list and we did that last summer. We lived in France for three months and that was an incredible experience. We weren't looking to stay any longer. Um, we're definitely going to go back and visit, but it was cool. We lived in one spot for three months and having this job and this lifestyle allowed us to do that. You know, Going to the College World Series in Omaha was, uh, was definitely on there. There's only one other bucket list item on my list that I can even think of and it's not something I can like schedule unfortunately it's just got to happen and it's kind of random but i want to catch a foul ball at a baseball game oh yeah <laughs> yeah has to be a foul ball why, why couldn't it be a home run ball what no ho- sorry home run can work as well um just some sort of yeah catch some sort of ball you don't feel worthy of a home run ball you, you only <laughs> think you, you're good enough for a foul ball man yeah that would be better but the thing is hopefully it's not a home run from the other team yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, because, you know, the tradition, the thing you have to do when that happens is you have to throw the ball back onto the field. Have you heard of uh, the Cape Cod Summer Baseball League? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, some of the best college players from around the country. They go there and play, and I'm from Cape Cod. I go there every summer. We're getting ready to go there in August, and it's so awesome. When I was a little kid, we had my, my older brother. They have free baseball clinics. My older brother, Frank Thomas, was one of his coaches. Wow. The big hurt. You know, tons of good players. Garcia Parra came through there just like right after I finished in the program. But it's awesome because all the games are free and you can just go sit in the grass and watch them. It's really cool. Man, I'm going to have to do that one day. We live in Orleans. Orleans Orleans Cardinals, baby. All the way. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) We have friends there that always have players staying with them in the summer and everything. It's pretty cool. Awesome. So that's uh, that's my story for you on why I had to push this uh, recording back a day. We just got back yesterday 
We uh we were hoping to attend a third game on Wednesday, but it didn't get to that. We uh we were two and done. And so we had a full day in Omaha and a uh, cool city. Uh and we had very good weather. It, you know, it's it's getting to be very very hot down here and uh and so it was nice there was like a you probably experience the the coolness up up your part of the country oh, like yeah. sunday monday was really really nice for june it was awesome did you see warren buffett while you're there no why would i have seen warren buffett that's his that's where he lives are you serious I, I didn't know that oh yeah very cool all right well nate uh let's let's jump into our topic of the day which is a continued conversation on the one thing by gary keller Sounds good. We got carried away last week, and we got we got about halfway through the book, and uh, and our recording was over an hour long. So we decided to to call it quits last week, and and continue talking about it this week. So we left off. Uh, we had we had finished talking about the six lies of success. Um, so quickly going over the those six lies was uh, the first one was everything matters equally then uh, multitasking, then you have to have a lot of discipline, Will willpower is on will call, a balanced life, and big as big as bad. And if you missed uh, last week's episode, you can um, go catch that um, episode seven and catch the part one of this review or, or discussion on this book. And we're going to continue with, uh, with the book here. The next topic in the book was a big section on the focusing question. And we talked a lot about the focusing question last week, Nate. And the focusing question is, what is the one thing I can do in my life such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? So have you been thinking about that question much this past week? Probably not as much as I should now, but it's kind of something I'm always thinking about. It's something always in the back of my head. And I've, you know, I've still been pondering it for my business of, you know, like what is the one next big move I can do in the next couple weeks to, to move things forward, make everything else easier or unnecessary. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a big move, right? It's the domino thing. Did you get your, did you get a second domino tattoo since we last talked? No, I didn't. My other domino <laughs> tattoo disappeared for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And so, like I said last week, you know, what Gary Keller talks about is you can modify this question to different areas of your life and different time frames, right? So, you know, what is the one thing I can do in with my health um, such, you know, over the course of the next month that by doing it, everything else will be easier or necessary? Things like that. So, one, I've been asking myself this question, especially related to my business, you know, piano in 21 days. Um, and I think, you know, one, one big thing that I'm doing pretty much every day that I could change that will make everything else easier and necessary is getting, hiring somebody to like manage my emails and to manage comments on various parts of the web for me. And I've been thinking a lot about this because um, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to do it because if somebody else is responding, that's not me, and it's a little less genuine. And I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to let go control of things like that. But but it's it's the more I think about it, the more you know. It'll be easier. Everything else will be easier or unnecessary. That's absolutely true. Because like when I was in Omaha this past week, um, you know, with my funnel, I you know I've said it several times. 50% of my sales are from the from phone calls. Well, I have the ability in my funnel to switch everything over to just uh, online sales and not phone calls. And I did that this week. And I don't do it very often, but I just really wanted to enjoy time with my family, enjoy this trip, still still make money from my business. 
but not necessarily take a lot of phone calls. And so I, I flipped that switch, but man, by the second or third day of being in Omaha, I had 200 emails in my inbox and 95% of them just require a basic response, but 5% of them are like customer service type stuff where people are having trouble accessing their account or something like that. And I'm okay with still doing those 5%, but I have to weed through the other 95% to get to those. And also, you know, if I reply to somebody four or five days later, that kind of may be too late. Like their, their window for enrollment may be over as well. So I think I, I just think I'll be able to serve people better, honestly, by get, you know, outsourcing this. Um, I'll be able to serve people better and I'll be able to, you know, free up my time to do the things that matter more. Yep. It's a, they're somewhat low value activities. I mean, maybe not answering someone's question who's on the fence about buying the course, you know, and that is stuff that they can, a VA or someone you hire can forward to you. But a lot of that email answering stuff is pretty low value. It's just kind of keeping your brand, everyone happy around your brand. And it doesn't take a lot of training. It's something you can train someone and pay them 10 bucks an hour to do. Yes. Whereas your time's worth a lot more. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm not looking to just outsource this to anybody and just get any response out there either. I'm thinking, you know, you mentioned this is low value. I'm thinking that this can be a very, very good thing and we can try to add as much value in this process as possible. And so I'll give you an example. Yeah. I got, um, I am, I am talking to, um, to a girl right now that, uh, that seems to be a good candidate for this. And, um, we're just, you know, we're kind of going back and forth right now, just making sure it's going to be a good fit. And so I've been just testing her with different, um, different messages I get and just seeing how she would respond. And, you know, I got, I got one fairly long email when I was in Omaha from, um, from a, from a lady, from an older lady. And she just, she put this whole spiel about how she took piano lessons when she was younger and just didn't stick. And she just always wanted to learn. But now like her husband has dementia and there's all these problems and this and that. And I'm just like, I'm trying to knock out my emails as quickly as possible so that I can get back to my family. And, you know, I'm not a good writer and and I'm just trying to think about what I can say because like there's all these elements to this email. Like um, I need to talk about piano and how, you know, she's not too old enough to learn, but I need to address the fact that she's got a husband with dementia and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, man, let me just, let me just fire this over to this girl I've been talking to and see how she would respond. And oh my gosh, within 10 minutes, she sent me back this incredible response. Like it was so thoughtful and just, um, it was just way better than I could have ever done, even if I wasn't traveling with my family. Yeah. And so you talk, you know, you mentioned value and I just think that this can add a lot of value um, to my business and to the people that are, that are sending me these messages. Yep. And I think it's cool. I think you kind of touched on a key point of this focusing question that I've noticed is that. A lot of times it does come down to like spending money on something. I I think I mentioned this last time, but hiring someone, even if it's, you know, for for your business to coach you or for your relationships to coach you, you you know, a counselor for your marriage or a trainer, a lot of times that can be one of the biggest things you can do to get ahead in those areas of your life. So I would recommend that as like one of the big things to think about when people are thinking through the focusing question. Because uh, that has built-in accountability as well, which is another big part of the the one thing. And uh, as soon as you can afford it, man, you, usually you'll get a pretty high high return on your investment of something like that. 
Yeah, that's, I was very hesitant about that for a while, Nate, per, you know, personally, was just like spending money I thought maybe was unnecessary, especially in my business at first when I wasn't making a lot of money. And so I was doing everything myself. I wasn't spending money on um, like mentors or coaches or services that would be helpful or outsourcing things. And spending money on those things is what has helped me to continue to up-level in my business. Yeah. Freeze your mind and your space to, you're in your schedule to be able to work on the, what you keep seeing as the highest level activity, like an innovation, do it, trying something new or, you know, maybe creating content for YouTube is your highest leverage thing and only you can do that. So you want to focus on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if I would have asked myself this, the focusing question back then when I was afraid to spend money, then I would have been more willing to spend some of that money as long as I knew that I was spending it in the right place and that I was doing myself, I was doing the right thing. Yeah. So like I said, he, um, Gary Keller says to apply this question to a lot of different areas. And so the, the, the areas that he says to apply this to would be um, your spirit, your health, your personal life, your social life, your job, your business, and your finances. And he says to be as specific as possible with your answer. He says, start with your lifetime goal, then your five-year goal, and all the way down to right now. What can I do right now that will make everything else easier or unnecessary? And I guess that's that's how he's suggesting you figure out what you should be doing at any given moment. And he says, do that one thing, and over and over again, just do that one thing. Be accountable, don't be a victim, and commit to living your dreams. So that's all good advice in that section um, called the focusing question in the book. Yeah. So then he goes on to talk about purpose, which is kind of like the big one thing. And last week we talked about the domino effect effect, and, and how you can apply the one thing um, in a lot of different ways. And you know, one way to apply it is you've got to think about the big one thing and you've got to figure out what's that first domino, the, the small domino, the small one thing that you do right now that eventually will topple up topple over enough dominoes to where you accomplish the big one thing. And so he talks a lot about purpose and, you know, thinking about purpose is, is uh, challenging. Yeah. I have mine pretty dialed in right now. I don't know if it'll be my full lifetime purpose, but I, I figured it out after I went through that book and something I always go back to. And what's that, Nate? My number one purpose is to help people escape wage slavery. So I just feel like a huge, like 83% of people don't, are not satisfied with their jobs and their working life. It's a major problem in the world. People are working too much. They hate waking up to their alarms and they don't have any time for play or time with their family. And uh, so that's kind of what I'm dedicating myself to. That's why I went on the Radical Personal Finance podcast and told people how I started my Etsy business. And that's why I'm training people how to start a microgreens business. And eventually I'll probably help people start an internet business or something too. Yeah, it's very clear that uh, your goal with your microgreens business specifically, you know, that's that's your online course is you, your main goal is not necessarily to make a bunch of money or, you know, you weren't thinking, how can I put together a course that's going to make me the most money? It's, it's very clear that you you thought of an idea that really helps people to make money on their own in a creative way that's something they, they may really enjoy. And so I think that's really cool. And, and if that's the case, which I know it is, then that's really a part of that big one thing for you. Yeah, I have. I want to do that. And then eventually I want to make a little course about selling information products or something or some sort of trainings or 
and then I'm going to put them all together on a website. I have the, I own the domain name escapingwageslavery.com and that's kind of like going to be my magnum opus. I want to like work on that for, you know, a couple decades and tons of good content, really in-depth articles, really good podcasts, talking to people from all aspects, all areas of life that have found a way to not have that drudgery when you wake up in the morning. So right now you are working on your microgreens course a little bit. I know it's kind of up and running and firing, but you're still doing some things with it. And obviously you're working on your farm there and you've got your Etsy businesses and you've got your family and everything. So with all that going on, you know, how do you plan to also add this thing that you're super passionate about? Well, right now I'm doing all that in about four to five hours a day. And my wife is going to go down on her work schedule in September or August after we, when we go to Cape Cod. And um, I'll be dedicating a few more hours to starting on that stuff. But it's basically also this automation stuff that I'm putting into place. Um, you know, building these assets and then letting, putting the automation in place so they can pretty much take care of themselves and keep freeing me up time. I mean, I think right now this that I could just stop doing this. And for the next year, at least, I'd be getting a decent income from microgreens farmer. Um, eventually, the traffic would probably start to fade from not putting stuff up on YouTube. Uh, but once I get ads in place, that might be, you know, that's another step in that direction of making it so it's kind of running itself. Um, but that's basically what it is, is build the base of a business and then do whatever I can to automate it and eventually outsource some of the little micro tasks or to make them, you know, not even necessary at all. So I'm just trying to trying to think about that with your position because you're 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 saying what your big one thing is, you're saying what your purpose is. So if you if you try to think about your purpose and then think about what's the one thing I should be doing right now, then um you know it'd be tempting to say that you should be working on that business and that website, you know, things like that, but I guess, you know, to be more credible with that, um to have several little businesses and systems in place that have helped you escape wage slavery, as you say, then those are the little dominoes probably right now that are going to lead into this next big thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I feel like I mostly have escaped wage slavery, but you know, I don't have that full security of right now, I may be earning twice as much as what we spend. But if I was earning 10 times what I spend, <laughs> that's a pretty... That's a pretty good feeling of autonomy, of not feeling like you could end up back in that system. Uh, so I'm definitely trying. And it's just also there's a lot of leverage I can still do with this business, more so than starting something from scratch. I think sometimes people quit doing working on something too early, too soon when they, you know, when it still has tons of potential. You gotta kind of always use your one thing focusing question to see, you know, e look at everything and what has the most potential and as far as earning capacity goes, right now, microgreens farmer has the most potential as far as where I can invest my time and get an immediate ROI. So that's where I'm, why I'm focusing on that. But yeah, I definitely, I think I have the credibility to start to move forward teaching people information products, but I've still got a lot to learn and I'm happy to keep working on this business for another year or two until I feel really confident teaching that. Yeah, that's perfect. You know, I, I, I registered the domain for the online course guy.com two or three years ago. And I, you know, I started working on that a little bit back then, but I wasn't, um, I, I really wasn't in a good position with my own online course to be able to teach this stuff to people back then. 
but I'm very confident I am now. And so I was just, I was a little bit of a rush, I think. And so I, I, I appreciate what you're saying about being patient with this stuff before you move on to kind of a bigger thing. So the next, the next thing in the next couple of topics that Gary Keller talks about in the book are priorities and productivity. So one thing, um, one concept in the priority section that he talked about was this, I guess this phrase that he coined, it's goal setting to the now. So not just setting goals, but goal setting to the now. And what that means, it, it's it's kind of lining up your dominoes. So you've got to think about the big one thing and that's kind of your goal. Okay, if that's your goal, what should I be doing right now? And so what people tend to do is they'll set these big goals, but then don't have a great plan to get there. And especially they don't have like the thing that they should be doing right now to get to that goal that's going to happen in five years or 10 years or 20 years. Yeah, I do this on a monthly basis now. Um, I have lifetime goals, 20, 10 year goal, five or no, lifetime, five year, one year, and then one month goals. Um, and then I just kind of let, you know, look at my one month goals. It's sitting right here beside me. And that's how I kind of look at that and use that to plan out my days and weeks. Man, you you got your stuff together. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it is hard doing, actually doing it though, you know. Uh, but I feel feel like I don't have a lot of mental clutter. I have a lot of clarity from doing these exercises. I don't always move forward like I should, but I always know what I should be doing. So you said you do this on a monthly basis? Yep, I do it the the first first and second. Sometimes it takes me two days, but the first of the month. And I have a few other things I do. I go through and pull all the pictures off of our phones and cameras and um, uh, back up my data and a couple other things. So we're recording this on the last day of June. So does this mean that you're that's on the books for tomorrow or you wait for a weekday? Nope, it's on the books for tomorrow. Yep. I work I work every day, just for like four or five hours. Okay. So what's um so you've kind of blocked off that time in your calendar for tomorrow to get all that knocked out? Actually, you know what? No, it's not on the calendar for tomorrow. It's on the calendar for Sunday. Tomorrow I have farmers market. Okay. Going to sell some microgreens? Yep. <laughs> So the the next thing on here is uh, is productivity, and so that you know that's the, the one of the first topics he talks about is time blocking and actually taking your calendar and blocking off the time you need to be able to do and focus on your one thing, and this ties in. You know, we mentioned the you know Cal Newport's book a couple of times last week, Deep Work. Have you read that, Nate? Yep. So that that book, Deep Work, ties in perfectly with. The one thing I think I think I think you really have to read these two books together. They go hand in hand so very well, and I actually read Deep Work this past week for the first time, and um, it was it, you know they they just they go together so well. And um, you know Cal Newport also talks about time blocking here, and you know Cal Cal Newport he's a super smart guy. I first the first book I read from him was something about so good they can't ignore you. No one before that. Um, Something about being a straight A student. Oh, okay. Because he's this big, like, intellectual, like, he got his PhD um, and he, like, he figured out how to get a 4.0 throughout all of his schooling, but he was working less than any of his fellow students. And so, he wrote this short book um, many years ago on on how he managed to do that and and with his advice for other people. And 
I, uh, I graduated undergrad um, in engineering in 2008. And then from 2010 to 2012, I got my MBA while I was still working my full-time job. So I read that book in that time frame because I had, um, because I had my full-time job. Um, I was going to school. Um, that was, I was engaged. We were planning our wedding. I had a lot going on. And so that was, I was looking for ways to optimize, you know, getting my MBA and stuff like that. So that's how I first discovered Cal Newport. And since then he's written several more books. You mentioned one of them so good. You can't, they can't ignore you. And then I think his latest is deep work and in deep work, he just, he talks about you know, the first half he talks about kind of the science behind it. And there's actually things going on in your brain that, um, that if you're kind of switching tasks or, you know, he talks about deep work versus shallow work and the shallow work you can do while you're still a little bit distracted. So that's like responding to emails, but that's not the work that really matters. The work that really matters requires you to get into this deep state with zero distractions and working continually for several hours on it. And Cal Newport talks about how the maximum time to spend in deep work is four hours and that you kind of have to work up to it. And Gary Keller recommends four hours a day for your one thing. So I think four hours is the number. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. It is a lot. And I know that I think you particularly struggle with that four hour thing. I think I can totally do it. Um, I'm not... From a focus perspective, I know I can do it. Now, from a physical space and having a kid and soon to be two kids running around and a wife needing my attention, that's another story. Yeah. But I know that um, as long as I'm doing the right thing, I know I can focus on it for four hours. Because I think if you're doing the right thing, that makes it easier to, to focus on it for four hours. Yeah, that's my whole thing is just getting into it, getting into the time block having the willpower to get started because once I do start on a, on a deep work time block, once I do start on the uh, major thing, it just, the time flies by and I just can't believe four hours is over, three or four hours is over. Yeah. So like f- for you, right. If right now the thing you should be doing is YouTube videos, then, then let's batch, you know, four put four hours aside in your calendar and batch as many of them as you can into that time. Yeah. I can do about one in that time of, of, filming and editing. I'm trying to make increase my production quality to have a lot more cuts and in my edit make my editing better and everything. So I think I can I, it took me a full day each of those two I did last week. But here's the thing, video editing doesn't align with your purpose, right? Yeah. So you probably are spending more time editing videos than you are recording videos. Uh it's about even. It's about even, right? So think about how much time you could save if you had a video editor um somewhere that charged $15 an hour and they could probably be more efficient in it. And that's another thing I'm thinking about is, is getting some sort of video editor as well, because videos are extremely important to my business too. Yeah. I put a, I just put out a posting for a video editor last week. That's good. For an editor in general, I want them to also turn them into blog posts and, um, and emails and stuff. But I'm, yeah, I'm looking to get one real, very part-time and uh, another friend in town is looking to get one. So we might split, try and find someone and split them. So I sent him my all my information. He knows a couple people that might be interested. So we'll see. That's okay. the first thing I'm looking to hire for. Yeah. So this wasn't Upwork or anything. This is trying to find somebody locally. Yeah. They, or they might be in New York City. He's from New York City. He's only lived here a few months, but um, he's he knows some people that are interested that might be interested still. Very cool. Yeah. Keep me posted on that. That's 
that's uh, very good. And when when I first heard about this concept of like virtual assistants and you know people working for you virtually, for some reason I thought that had to be full time people. And I've had a full time you know general virtual assistant um, that you just that I just pay a few bucks an hour to just do very basic stuff. Um, I say very basic, you know, like WordPress stuff, you know, yeah. uh, repetitive tasks. She's very, very good at those things. Um, but she's not like an expert video editor or like, she's not an expert in like one thing. She can handle a lot of little things, right? Well, I thought like if I needed SEO help, I had to hire somebody for SEO full time. Or if I need video editing help, I needed to hire somebody for that full time. And that's just not the case. With something like Upwork.com, you can hire people on a, a recurring basis, but only work an hour or two a week for you if that's all you need. So for example, with this podcast, I have an audio editor that is ready to go for me on a weekly basis, and it takes an hour to edit this podcast. And so he works for me four hours a month, but I can count on him. And he's doing, I mean, he's doing a very good job with this. And that's less, that's an, I mean, I would spend at least an hour myself working on this and it wouldn't be as good of a good of quality. And it's not like I had to hire somebody for 40 hours a week to get this done. Yep. All right. So we're talking about productivity. Um, and in this section, there are the four thieves of productivity, four thieves of productivity. The first one is the inability to say no. You know, we talked about the things that you don't necessarily need to be doing or aren't important. You can outsource, but you could also just say no to them. And there's a quote from, um, from Seth Godin relating to this that I like, who's a, just an expert marketer. He says, um, you can say no with respect, you can say no promptly, and you can say no with a lead to someone who might say yes. But just saying yes because you can't bear the short-term pain of saying no is not going to help you do the work. Yeah, that's awesome. It is, yeah, because it can be, it can be really, really hard to say no because you don't want to pe let people down you know, if, if you if you like being a people pleaser or, or whatever, being the guy that people come to when they need something. But if that takes away from your ultimate purpose and goals and, you know, one things, then you've got to consider saying no. Absolutely. But like, like Godin says, you know, you can say it with respect. Um, you don't have to be wishy-washy about it. You can say it immediately, you know, promptly. Um, and you can, you know, hopefully point that person in the direction that they can get that help from. Yeah. You know, can you, can you do this for me? Well, no, I can't do that uh, right now for you, but you know, this guy can do it for you. Yeah. That's good stuff. Derek Sivers, he says you should say hell yes or no. You ever <laughs> heard that before? <laughs> no, but that's good. Uh, the second theme of pro productivity is fear of chaos. Um, you know, I used like the, the grass example last week, like your yard could be in chaos um, but if you're if you're like super honed in on your on your goals and everything, then it's not as big of a deal. If if having a really nice lawn and yard is is not important to you, then that can be a little chaotic. Yeah, I mean the ultimate goal of all this stuff is a maximum life satisfaction. So you know certain things just don't really increase the satisfaction of your life, and if they do, maybe you should be focusing on them. But if they aren't, you know, just let them kind of fall into chaos a little bit. Because you're going to be happier, obviously, if you're picking the right one things. Yeah, and and we just we just can't have everything under control. Yeah, as nice as that would be, we just have limited uh, yep. limited time in a day, in a month, in a year, in a lifetime, and and so not everything's going to be able to be perfect. And so um, that that fear of chaos 
um, truly takes away from productivity. So it's okay to be uh, okay to be okay with chaos as long as it's, it's the right thing. Yep. The third theme of productivity is poor health habits, um, sleep, exercise, diet. Um, he says if you can have a highly productive day until noon, uh, the rest of the day falls easily into place. So I've been thinking about that in terms of like, okay, so you've got to get enough sleep and then you've got to have the right nutrition and the right exercise. And then we've got to have this time blocked off in our calendars for the, the deep work and the one thing. And so it's it's very clear that uh, the most people are recommending to do this in the morning, especially because that means it's like one of the first things you do. And so... You know, some ideally it sounds like, you know, you, you sleep, you wake up, maybe get some breakfast or whatever. And then you just, you know, from like eight to noon, that's your, that's your one thing. That's your deep work. And then in the afternoon, if you still want to work, then that's when you do the, the shallow work, right? That's when you knock out this extra stuff. And you, if you get it done, great. If not, hopefully it's not a big deal that it waits till tomorrow. That's absolutely what I do. I mean, as far as exercise, as far as the health habits go, I'm not doing great on that. Um, I guess probably, I probably am compared to most people, but our sleep is terrible with the two we, two kids in there in our room, all four of us in one room. They wake up all the time. Um, but as exercise, that's just kind of built into our lifestyle in general. We ride our bikes everywhere. We work in the garden constantly. We go hiking. We go paddle boarding. Um, that's just something we've built mainly into our lifestyle, but we do... We do the seven-minute workout sometimes, and I do, you know, uh, high-intensity interval training sometimes. And then diet is that's built into our life. We have a garden. I'm on a special diet for my Crohn's disease. We only eat whole foods pretty much, so that's it is super important for setting you up in other areas. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Cal Newport talks about that as like um, food can be a distraction while you're trying to do deep work. Like you know, get something to eat ahead of time if you need to, and then like. He's talking about literally, literally not even eating during this four-hour stretch. Yeah. All right. And the last theme of productivity is if your environment doesn't support your goals. So that's one thing I'm working on right now is trying to really, you know, set up a good home office here in my new house and m making sure that I can have that that time set aside. And so that's something I'm actively working on because I don't want to, you know, hear, um, you know, Mickey Mouse in the background or or something while I'm trying to focus because he says that you know, you, you're, you're in this state of deep work. And then you, even if you get out of it for a minute, it's, it's just so much harder to get back into it. Yep. And you're building muscles, you're building connections in your brain that make it easier. Every time you can keep focusing, it's, it's going to get easier and easier. You're building that focus muscle. So that's why it's important to, to, you know, eliminate the distractions just for, not just for today for getting work done, but for the future as well. So that's that's pretty much this whole book here. Um, I've, like I said last week, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There's a lot of takeaways here, a lot of things to apply. I've I've been able to apply a good bit to kind of my personal situation, and I know there's more I I can um, continue to think about and apply. And so, just kind of in summary, Nate, um, you know, my favorite quote from the whole book was simply, "Success is about doing the right thing, not about doing everything right." Yep. And that's uh man that's one I want to just like print out and post above me because I've I'm I'm such a like control freak. I want to I want to have my hand on everything and, and do it perfectly. Um but but that takes away from whatever the one thing is and I need to continue to remind myself that. 
And um, the the next takeaway is that there's just a huge theme of consistent consistency in this book. So yeah, you know, tomorrow I could wake up and I could spend four hours of doing the one the one thing I need to be doing. That's great, but if that's a one time thing, then that's not going to work either. Like this has to be a habit. It's got to be consistent. Um, and you know, I can't keep just I can't just like bounce back and forth. You know, doing this and then not doing that. Yep. Similar to my two takeaways. One of them is basically to build a success habit and, you know, to really understand certain activities are higher leverage and to be intentional with where you're going in your life. And the other, the quote I really liked was a to-do list becomes a success list when you prioritize it. Absolutely. So this, uh, this is going to wrap up our discussion on the one thing I, I really enjoyed it. It was, um, I think it was very powerful for sure. You know, this as, as well as deep work, of course. Um, so we, uh, there won't be a part three. I think we, we about nailed it unless we want to revisit this at some point in the future. Uh, next week, we're going to get into something a little more tangible for, um, for selling an online course. And we're going to talk about our, our actual funnels. And, um, and Nate and I have very similar funnels now because I helped him implement what uh, the the funnel I've been using that has been very successful and it's it's fairly elaborate you know there's some um, there's some videos involved there's a lot of email copy um, there's opening uh, opening the cart there's closing the cart there's surveying and so we'll uh, we'll talk through talk through our funnels next week so that if you're maybe you have an online course um, that you've made already but it's just not selling maybe you can take some of this information away implement it and get that thing selling. Right on. Sounds good. Yep. And the other thing we'll do next week is I'll go over some numbers from June. Since this is the last day of June, I'll have the books closed for it by the time we, uh, we're we on next week's episode. Cool. So uh, so that'll do it for this week. Uh, where can everybody find you online, Nate? You can find me at natedodson.com or microgreensfarmer.com. And you can find me, Jacques Hopkins, at pianoin21days.com or theonlinecourseguy.com. And if you are thinking about taking your hobby or passion and turning it into a hopefully successful and profitable and life-changing online course, then uh, I've got a quick start guide waiting for you with the eight steps to turn your hobby or passion into an online course. Just head over to theonlinecourseguy.com and you can grab that. And we'll, uh, we'll talk next week. See you next week, Nate. See you next week. See you next week.